Craft Beer Radio, episode 273 on December 29th, 2013. And hello everybody, welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we are back from our little tiny bit of hiatus, and we are going to do some Cigar City and Brewery Beers for the final show of the year. Yeah, I was just in Disney World for Christmas week, and uh, tuning in the pre-show to hear about that ad nauseum, and... Uh, as I was leaving the Orlando, I stopped at a Whole Foods and picked up some Cigar City beers. And we got some brewery beers from Gary Super Frank. Super wonderful, the man. amazing, the man, our benefactor, Gary Frank. Thank you, Gary. But um, So let's start out with the Cigar City because I think these, these I are, think the breweries will yeah. just be flavor experiences. Yes. So I, I'd say we go with the brown ale first, right? I mean, will we go with the white or the brown ale? We can do the brown ale first. So this is uh, the Maduro Brown Ale. It's available year-round from Cigar City Brewing. Uh, 5.5% alcohol by volume. 25 IBUs. Original gravity 14. SRM 24. Which is um, looks to be kind of a a uh, reasonably dark brown. Kind of a cola color. Let's see if they have any other information here. Mm, no, not really. Yeah, the label just tells you what to expect. Mar- you know, the marketing speak yeah. type stuff. The end result is a remarkable... The same thing we're going to tell you to do. The end result is a is a marketing speak, marketing speak that pairs well with mild to medium cigars. That's that's a weird one. <laughs> I guess they call it Cigar City for a reason. Yeah, uh, there's a guy smelling a cigar on the front label, a courtesy of Eric Swanson, the artist who designed it. And, uh, so, is this Maduro, and I guess that's not the sugar that I was thinking of initially, but maybe something cigar-related? M-A-D-U-R-O? <laughs> it's time to look that up, I guess. Let's see here. Oh, don't search YouTube for it. That's not going to help. <laughs> um, Google's not much hope either. But the scar bar came up fairly close to the top. Um, there's a politician in Venezuela, a politician named Nicolas Maduro, and... It stands for um, dark and strong. That's Maduro for cigars. Cigar bar, yeah. So it, it does have something to do with cigars. Yeah. It, it's kind of a class or type of cigar, I think. Dark and strong mm. is kind of the um, translation. It uh, it smells kind of sweet. It, um, I wonder if there's any lingering smell from the. I rinsed my glass really well. Hopefully you did as well. I, you had some voodoo left over that voodoo chocolate peanut butter donut in the glass. Yeah, but but it's, it it smells nice. A little bit of toasty character to it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the aroma I'm picking up. Now at five point five, they they say on this that it's a sessionable brown ale. Five point five is not sessionable. I'm sorry. It's less than ten. <laughs> five, be, five is it's it's stretching a little bit, but it's still. I mean, to me, to be sessionable, we got to be in the four range. You wouldn't call five one five two. No, no. Greg draws a harder line than most people. Or I shouldn't say that most people, but then other people. Yeah. The nose on this one is quite nice. I'm trying to pick out what I'm smelling. You know, I'm getting some toasted malt aromas off of it. 
little bit of nuttiness. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a walnut. Maybe a roasted walnut. I was actually thinking cashew a little bit, but that could be palate drift. I've had some cashews recently. Yeah, toasted, um, toasted bread. Not a ton of nose. I'm going to go right into the flavor here because it's not... It's a little cold for me, so I'm, I'm warming it up okay. a bit. And by cold, we mean 50.9 degrees or 10.5 Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yours is way colder than mine, but 55. Okay. So, so I'm still warming up. And it, it, it feels cold, but of course that's what hands do when they get cold. They feel cold. It ca- that toast did that toasted malt flavor really does mm-hmm. carry through. There's a, a very very slight kind of peanut nuttiness on it. It kind of reminds me of um, if you if you smell a bag of peanuts, a little mm-hmm. bit of that kind of you know peanut shell and peanut combined together. I think I'm with you. And then for me later in the taste, it gets a lot chocolatier. Yeah, yeah it finishes fairly. Has a nice Cocoa. smoothness to it. I really mm-hmm. do appreciate that. It feels almost it, it. It feels almost like it might have oatmeal in it because just the way it's, uh, it it it's slightly viscous. I can see that just a a touch or something like that. Mm-hmm. One thing I realized by drinking this is that I'm not drinking enough brown ales oh, these days. It does. Fla- features flaked oats in the malt bill. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> Your forensic skills are on par this evening. Always, always getting better at it. Always practice. Yeah, this has a really nice character to it. Like I was saying, you know, you drink this and you're like, you know what, I haven't drinking enough brown ale lately. Yeah. You know, it makes you think like, hmm, I need to get more brown ale in my life. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's a pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's a, pretty strong brown ale in terms of flavors it's not mm-hmm. it, it's not watery it doesn't have that sort of aqueous quality to it uh it, it has a, a decent hot punch which is just just enough to to keep the malts from getting mm-hmm. uh overly sweet without really presenting a big uh bitter yeah there's a there's burst. a hot bittering there's really no hop flavors to be found i'm finding you know not much along the mm-hmm. flavor that's all from the malts and potentially from well from the malts and other grains. But yeah, it gives you a good bitterness balance, but I'm really not tasting any real hop flavor. Hmm. It's one of those ones you don't have a ton to say, but it, it's it's just tasty. It's just a very good brown ale. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that brown ales are a decent... Uh, introduction type beer mm-hmm. so yeah i i'm a i'm a fan of of a good brown ale. It, it was my introduction to to craft beer and this is a this is a pretty darn good brown ale. it might be a little a little strong for some people who are just getting in the flavors are, are mm-hmm. pretty 
are, are pretty strong, which is good. I mean, we like that. But it, it's... Well, maybe on the, the other side of the coin, it's a big flavorful brown ale for people to think brown ales are boring mm-hmm. and not enough flavor, right? So it could be the brown ale that wins you back, too. Right. You could look at it that way. I wish I had tons more to say about it, because it is quite tasty. But we basically, I mean, describe it. Toasted uh, toasted bread notes, maybe a little bit of butter, um, and that sort of peanut mm-hmm. nuttiness. Maybe to expand on the, you know, pull that through caramel or salted caramel or something like that. Yeah, like... it ends with, with uh, yeah, salted caramel is a good, a, a good example. Um, and... Uh, Slight uh, a slight bitterness that's sort of indicative of some, of some darker chocolates. Mm-hmm. I should have bought more Cigar City. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty mm-hmm. dang good. I was kind of, you know, we went to Disney. Mm-hmm. I told Heather I don't want to know what the trip costs. But, you know, even then I'm like, you know, I don't want to spend... 50, 60 bucks on beer here at Whole Foods. So I just bought one six pack, you know? Yeah. And now I'm wishing, like, uh, I should have got more. So this is the, we're going on to the next beer, the Florida Cracker White Ale. Pours cloudy strong. Orange peel, coriander, vanilla. They do explain on the back label why it's not a racist beer name. Um, Florida <laughs> Cracker. It does actually. Re- is there. Um, I try to look at the can like I'm going to be able to see whether there's um, sediment in the bottom. I don't know. Um, apparently, there were the Cracker Cowboys of Florida, colonial-era settlers of Scotch-Irish descent. And they uh, actually did the first cattle ranching in the New World, in, in America. So this is named after them. And the um, the cracker in question is the crack of a whip. It's just hitting... Horses and cows and not people. So that's why it's not a racist name on the beer. No sediment that I can see on the bottom there. Okay. Make Greg use this phone flashlight. So this is your typical whip beer where it uses uh, orange peel and coriander. This uses carousel orange peel. And big aroma. Yeah. 5% alcohol by... Oh, it says it uses Saison yeast as well. Oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, 5% alcohol by volume, 18 IBUs, uh, original gravity 12, SRM 3, which is straw-colored. Actually, a little bit lighter than straw-colored, almost. Mm-hmm. It's a little more golden than, you know, like a Pooh Garden with yeah. beer or something like that, but it's still in the neighborhood. Oh, the aroma smells wonderful. It, they get this rich, volatile oil smell from the oranges. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you get. So you get that and the coriander. Wheat smell all comes together, but you know, compared to many wit beers, the orange essence is just really vibrant in this one. You really—it's it's pretty strong. The, the oils are coming off, and that smell—I didn't smell oranges as much. The coriander was really the number one smell on that smell. So either something is volatilized and came off, or I filled up all the scent receptors for orange on my nose, and now I'm smelling the—you <laughs> know. The sloppy seconds are coming through. Reminds me, I, I saw a uh, video of somebody eating the hottest pepper in the world because there's a new one. Oh, okay. It's uh, over two million Scoville units. 
What's it called? Which, uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, Carolina or something. I think. I'll just have to look it up. But Those might have been in the uh, Crime and Punishment. That I think there was something like that. Let's see. As, we, as we're warming these up a bit. Hottest uh, Pepper... Carolina Reaper. Yeah. I think those were in Crime and Punishment. Uh, average of uh, 1,569,300 Scoville units. <laughs> That's about as strong as Pepper Spray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they get over 2 million, which is stronger than Pepper Spray. That's... They, Did Scoot do get knocked down? He was, he was a Marine... And uh, doing it at home, but uh-huh. he, he was—he just had he had a little sliver, and he was like for seven or eight minutes, just oh, oh my god! I saw a video. Remember the video of the guy eating the ghost chili, the meditation guy, or whatever, and it knocked him down. Mm-hmm. That's what scared me from even trying those ones that Damien had way back when. But you know, the Chinese ones were obviously nowhere near as hot. Yeah. Like I was just putting on a show. Of course, you're going to get more views. If you get knocked down on YouTube, we'll eat in hot pepper then if you are able to handle it, you know? Well, this is just a live leak video, so it wasn't exactly going for okay. hits. Just somebody uploading it. Um, so a jalapeno, for comparison, is five to 8,000 Scoville units, and this is <laughs> 1.5 million. <laughs> right. Anyway, back to the beer. Okay, yeah, the beer's warmed up. We've had our hands wrapped around the glass. We're, I'm at 57. Yeah, 58 for me. Yeah, the aroma, I'm still smelling mostly coriander now. That wonderful orange essence I got when I first poured it, I'm not smelling anymore. Pretty uh, pretty strong citrus elements mm-hmm. coming through. A um, little bit of vanilla, too. Uh, the coriander actually is at least for that first initial flavor was is it's there but it's it dialed back mm-hmm. and and the wheat is all is bringing right in some yeah stuff. the first sip didn't notice coriander very much just like you were saying um it almost the orange almost tastes a bit juicy right i mean almost, typically I, it, when it, you it, have the peel you don't get juice or anything like that it's almost but more was... of, a, of a lime mm-hmm. than than orange okay yeah and then uh let's see let me take another sip here Hmm. That time a little bit more of the coriander came mm-hmm. through, but the the beer itself is, um, you know, the wheat tastes pretty pretty. It's not that grassy, lemony, lemongrass type thing we often say, right? It's much more neutral. Than, yeah, it's, it's kind of it, it's maybe a little chalky almost. It, yeah. it feels. I don't. Well, a I was hesitant. I was hesitating to say chalky because chalky usually comes across as is bad right? right i was trying to ease into it by saying this is a more neutral tasting use of wheat well, but i wasn't sure how i was going to get I don't know. to Let, the... let's say what we mean i mm-hmm. I think it does kind of have some qualities that that i would call chalky and whether you want to call that bad i, I wouldn't say it's good i wouldn't say it's um you know the best use of wheat i've ever well, it's not it's not it, it it is chalky but it's not 
the for me it's not the bad Chalky that I normally call out, right? That's why I was trying to figure out how to describe it. It's to me well, it's, well, it's not really minerally, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. have that quality to it, but it does have a kind of uh, a a real kind of blandness almost, a sort of a sort of wheat flour component okay. to it. Like you just you know put put some flour in your mouth without really any toast whatsoever. So it feels like the wheat hasn't had any real development. Right. And it it's you kind of are accustomed to getting more crispness yeah. out of the wheat. And this isn't really giving so much of that crispness, maybe. Yeah. And and maybe you know, we just got off of a of, of a toasted beer and a lot of great toasted qualities to it. And this really it feels like the the malt has almost you know there's you know really nothing none of that none of that sweetness to go along with this and which is not always I mean, you're not going to carry very much sweetness from uh, a wheat yeah I mean it's not malt, it, but but you you want to have some mm-hmm. development on the wheat flavor and here it just feels white it just feels like plain white flour like I said before okay the more I drink it the more. Coriander's coming through. I'm actually getting an orange back in there. It lays uh, the flavors lay heavy on the tongue. It's um, not one I would call drinkable. Where I'm finding my glass go empty right away. And, you know, it's definitely fatiguing my palate and tongue. My tongue feels kind of heavy and tired right now. Interesting, because on their website they called incredibly refreshing and drinkable, and they put that in bold. Well, that's what you say for things that are yeah. golden in color. <laughs> but this one definitely is a it weighs weighs the palate. I don't know. Yeah. Are you feeling fatigued, like for some reason, like I, I, it just feels like a, like that that empty malt or that, just the empty wheat is laying on my tongue, and and, it, and it's hmm. kind of coating it with this sort of you know gelatinous, like you know, if you ever have. If you ever get some flour on something, it, uh, you know, it turns into just goop with some water, and it can just lay on mm-hmm. top of stuff. Um, that, that's mm-hmm. that's why like gravy can form lumps and stuff like that because it just turns into this goop, and it's almost like that goop is on top of your tongue. It's just it's not letting much in the way of mm-hmm. other flavors through. All this being said, I personally don't dislike the beer. I think it's a decent beer. Definitely oh, we prefer, drank it all. It's not yeah, like we poured definitely, it out. Definitely prefer the, the brown ale. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we didn't pour it out or anything, but it's we've had better white ales, for sure. India Pale Ale. High Lai. High Lai. So High Lai is, of course, a, a sport mm-hmm. uh, where you use kind of a scoop um, to, to throw it's kind of a wicker wall. basket, yeah. But it's a sling, like a sling, also though, and right. uh, super fast. And uh, this is their flagship beer, as far as I know. Ooh. Oh wow! It's it's won awards. It's hoppy. It comes in a can. I'm not sure if Cigar City bottles. I thought they did, but all the beers I saw were can based. They do have 700 milliliter regulars and seasonals, okay. so I'm assuming that yes, they do. Okay. They say this pairs well with beef empanadas, deviled crabs, and other spicy dishes. It's Florida. 
Mm-hmm. Beef empanadas are probably more available <laughs> there than they are in other places. Oh yeah, man, that's that's a hop burst right in the nose when you, you put the sniffer up to your face. Ah, kind of a tangerine. tangerine. Yeah, definitely a, a citrusy tangerine. Touch of pith. Little ginger. Yeah, when when I could when I found this at Walt Disney World Hollywood uh, Studios, I was a very happy boy. I'm like, I'm at a mass market entertainment establishment and I can drink high lie. <laughs> it's seven point five percent alcohol by volume. Again, not sessionable. <laughs> Seventy IVUs. It's under twenty, come uh, on. Eighteen is the original gravity, SRM is ten, which means it's um like a weak tea. So working on the the nose is majority of it is the the tangerine but if you kind of coat the sides of your glass i'm getting something a little sulfury in there as well a little yeah there's there's these resiny quality mm-hmm. of, of just plain old dumping a lot of hops in there yeah there's um a, a smell of damp let's see what damp not quite gra- yard clipping, not yard clippings, but something. Oh, come on, help me. Come on, bring it in, bring it in. Come on, Jeff. You can do it, you can do I it. Can do it. What is that? Is that an herb, maybe? Bush? A bush? Some kind of bush, yeah. <laughs> I guess. It's just a, a an herbal deciduous wet smell it's not quite piney right yeah Mm -hmm. like you said deciduous it's um a little sappy right now these are all undertones to the the great uh tangerine so please don't put too much weight on this this sulfury sappy sticky it's just just things that we're picking out as we're but it is a very big nose where you can actually dig into it and you know we're enjoying that i'm enjoying that because the other ones were hard to dig into the aroma now let's move on to the flavor i'm still enjoying the aroma i don't know if i want to uh dig into the flavor quite yet because i I think there's Mm -hmm. still there's still places to go okay But uh, but go ahead if you. Oh, the flavor! Oh, I had a couple of these this week, but this one's just tasting fresh all over again. It's uh, it's not your typical West Coast hops and water. There's a big, big malt bill to back it up. Lots of pale two row type flavors, touch of caramel, mm. something like that. It's a great balance to it. You get the hop flavor. Let me go back in again and try to get some hop flavor on this. Mm. It's almost like um, a more candied version of the tangerine. Not quite the candied orange slices, but something in between, or you know, tangerine juice and those candy orange slices. You know, there's this, that nice sweetness to it there. Really s- starts off beautifully with um, with uh, sweet. Mm. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that good? That is gonna. Hmm. How do you how do you describe that sweetness? Then let me see if I can get that first. 
took my third or so sip and the um it actually came around to a grapefruit type flavor like it it was decidedly more tart than the first couple sips so it's kind of it's kind of steering you know right on me here and it not quite full out grapefruit but it definitely turned that way the sweetness for some reason is reminding me of like a at, at the beginning kind of like a ritz cracker almost okay. um, and then uh you know as, as some of as the alpha acids and stuff come in you start getting the tangerine such mm-hmm. grapefruit that pithy notes that, that come through and uh and the the sweetness kind of the sweetness mellows and and the alphas go up and then it ends uh, pretty wet with um with a lot of these you know floral and uh and citrusy mm-hmm. notes at the end i'm just it makes me smile it's like oh man that's good I like how, yeah, that, you know, you get that initial bang of sweetness mm-hmm. before the hops really, you know, come through and then sort of moderate mm-hmm. it. It's, it's really, it's this nice sort of seesaw where you just, you know, the first thing you get is that sweetness and then the hops build. So that what that means is that the bitterness doesn't lay on your tongue, just the kind of, you know, the high citrusy notes and things mm-hmm. like that lay on your tongue. And that's, that's nice. That's really good. Mm-hmm. The last sip I had... Again, it's getting so it went from tangerine to grapefruit. Now it's getting more pithy. I'm, getting, I'm noticing the pith more now as I'm working through this beer. It seems to be ending actually, though. You know, like I said, it starts kind of Ritz crackering. If I want to go with the same sort of mm-hmm. imagery, it's ending on a kind of saltine like note. Hmm, I'm not sure I can get there. And you're also saying how the bitterness isn't lying on your tongue. I'm getting a pretty good foundation of bitter as I drink it. It comes on and on. The the, the maltiness up front gives you a respite from the bitterness. Right. Right? So it's good to have a sip, another sip. It, it doesn't just start off like more bitter, more bitter, more bitter. I'm getting, I got a fairly, fairly substantial bitter a foundation built on my tongue right now. It's not problem troublesome or anything like that, but... You know you're drinking American IPA for sure. <laughs> it, it's it's less of a bitter thing. I mean, it, it's more of like like you said earlier, a slight pithiness more mm-hmm. that's on your tongue. Although maybe you know, I, maybe if I had uh, a little bit more, it would it would build more and more. It, just I was going off those mm-hmm. first couple sips, right? So let's see what we got now. I was trying to figure out if I had time to pack the kids in the car and drive the 45 minutes from Orlando over to Tampa and check out Sargar City, but there was just no time. There yeah. was too much Disney to do. Disney is, is all encompassing. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, like I was saying in the pre-show, we went over Christmas, and there was one day where we didn't have a dinner reservation. I'm like, you know, let's blow this pop stand. Let's go out into the real world and have dinner. And then I realized, oh, wait, today's Christmas. Almost nothing's going to be open. Right. Well, you could have had Chinese, but what's the point? Could have had <laughs> Christmas Story Duck. Yeah. Oh, 
All right, so that was the highlight from Scar City Brewing, and that ends our Scar City tour. They had a um, they had a Hillis there. I probably should have got it, but I just wanted to buy an extra highlight. <laughs> it's like, oh, I know what the highlight is. Well, speaking of um, ending tours, <clears throat> we're about to end uh, 2013. Oh, and uh, we want to thank everybody first of all for you know a you great holiday season. Yes, you, you guys really did uh, a lot of um, helping out with us by doing Amazon stuff, and that's the great best way to support us. Just go to Amazon when everyone well, buys. We stuff. like cash too, but the easiest way for you to support us yeah. is to do your Amazon shopping, not by going to the Amazon website, but going to craftbeerradio.com/amazon. You get redirected through with our little referral link tagged in there. Costs you nothing extra. We get a nice referral bonus, and um, buy all your stuff, everything you need for your home and personal life through that link and. We'll be happy. And your support doing a great service by supporting Craft Beer Radio. And that's kind of it. You know, we don't want to go overboard. So thank you very much. If you have cash burning a hole in your pocket and you, there's nothing on Amazon, you have everything on Amazon, you can give us money directly by through a PayPal donation, which is available on our website, which is craftbeerradio.com. We appreciate it. All right. So now we get, you can also send us beers. You can. And, and we have um, two beers here. A holiday shipment from our friend Gary Frank. Judging by what I've read, I think okay. we should go with the windowsill first. Okay. Because this is Black Tuesday with hazelnuts. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, so windowsill. And on the label it has a pie with a lattice, you know, a crosshatch top. Mm-hmm. So you think cherries or, but this says what, raspberries and rhubarb. Rhubarb, right. In oak barrels. So specialty grains were chosen to mimic the crust. Rhubarb, rose, and raspberries were added. We're used in varying stages of the brewing and the fermentation process. And um, 10.5% alcohol by volume was released September 2013. Thank does, you, Gary Does the Frank. brewery make a small beer? <laughs> it's not the ones that we see. All their beers are... <laughs> You know, it's almost. That smells. That smells like a raspberry lambic, right? Yeah. It, it's... So is, it, is it a funky beer? A pie-inspired collaboration between the brewery and Evan Kleeman of Good Food on KCRW. So they did a collaboration with the food guy on radio. And uh, the label does not say it is a raspberry rhubarb lambic. We haven't tasted it yet. No, but, but it with... smells like one. <laughs> so I was expecting a pie beer, uh-huh. fruity, you know, straw like brewery. Strong. First, first I want to say no. Don't you know? Don't pause the show. Oh, but okay. um, first, I want to say that. Uh, they, the brewery, you asked the question, they do have Hottenroth, which is a German-style tart wheat at 3.1. You're right, right. But and, it is a sour beer. Yeah. It's and, a Berliner Weiss. Uh, Locale Red is 6.9, so okay. that's, you know. I forgot about the Berliner Weiss. Yeah. Which we've done on the show before. Yeah. Um, okay. 
But um, let's talk about this beer instead of just speculating about its limbicness. As I was saying before, it, it's it's kind of unfair to Cigar City that they have to go against two pretty... Oh, wah, wah. The highlight was awesome. Wah. The highlight was awesome, but they're going to go against two pretty rare beers that uh, are going to be most likely pretty assaulting on the senses in one way or another. Wayne Wambles can deal with it. He's a bit, He's a big boy. But dang, does that smell good. <sighs> okay, but what are we saying? I mean, it's one of those beers like, I just, screw you listeners, we're just going to enjoy this beer. I don't want to talk to you about it. Okay, so... It, it has a lot of... Uh, a lot of berry-like notes of of strong sourness so really strong raspberries maybe really strong blackberries but, even uh, see i'm having a problem though because to me it doesn't smell like raspberries or blackberries it smells like raspberry or blackberry lambic yeah because it and, does it has it, it has a kind of acetic right. quality to it and a, a slight funkiness in the aroma right. as well and just saying you know so it's not fair saying it smells like raspberries. No, because, I'm just I was talking right. about the flavor. And then yeah. just saying, okay, it's kind of like Leafman's, but you know that's 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 not the way no, to do it either. No, it's not. So. It's not like a Leafman's. Yeah. It has it has slight farmhousey kind of you know that thing that we've called horse blanket before uh, aroma on it. You know, some some funkiness, some dirtiness. It smells so good. Running about 58 uh, degrees. A lot of, of, of that, you know, yeah, acetic but, but berry mm-hmm. quality. So, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, it has some... It's not just acetic. I mean, there's a good lactic blend in there yeah. too. It, it, it's not too hot, and on you know the the on the nose, it's uh... so. I mean, there's a touch of you know what you would expect from like a Rodenbach Grand Cru, mm-hmm. right? You get some of that that good little Flanders blend, right? There's a Flanders thing, but it it doesn't really smell exactly. It, it's not a Flanders. It has a little more raspberry lambic to it, so it's. Maybe that's why it's different from, you know, all the Raspberry Lambics. Maybe there's a touch more Flanders character in this nose than just straight-up Lambic. Or are you not going in that direction? It's been a while since I've had a Flanders. Don't forget there's rhubarb in here, too. Yeah. And rhubarb is kind of... Rhubarb and strawberry go together well, and raspberry Mm -hmm. go together well when you cook them. Uh, Don't have rhubarb uncooked hmm. it'll just be bitter hmm. <laughs> okay <laughs> yummy <laughs> 
Okay, so definitely a tartness going on there. You're not kidding. Mm. Lots of lots of strong tart berry. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and sometimes it can be hard to pin down. I wouldn't know. I don't know if I'd necessarily pick out raspberries. Especially, I, I, I wish I knew this. I wish I didn't know this was themed after a pie, because mm-hmm. I am tasting the crust on the bottom of the pie where all the syrup is soaked into it. You know, that delicious wet crust. I'm tasting mm-hmm. that, and I'm wondering how much is, you know, um, suggestion. From the label, the pie on the label. It probably, I don't know whether it influenced your taste of that, but it brought your mind there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe I would say, though, less of a homemade pie and more of a store-bought pie flavor on that bottom of the crust. Because what I find is that with, with the homemade pie, at least the ones that I've had, the, you know, the really great ones, you don't get as much of that soak-in flavor because the the quality of the um of the of the crust itself is a, is a little bit different so it mm-hmm. it doesn't it, it's a little bit less plasticky in terms okay. of the way not in terms of taste but in terms right, of the way right. it, it absorbs well, the, the flavors yeah, yeah the structure of it right, right? you're talking about plasticky and the structure i right. can appreciate that yeah, i mean you might be right there i'm not sure i've had a, enough pie crusts Homemade and and not to to, yeah. to, to really. To I mean, I, I was just at, at a at a Christmas party where you know we had four different homemade pies, and you don't get that same kind of you know mm-hmm. th- that absorption in the same way. It's it's more dry mm-hmm. on the bottom. Oh, man, it's not to say that. You know, the, the, you know that that unique flavor that you get is is bad at all. But we didn't talk about the color. The beer has a slight red tint to it, but it's not a, a bright red beer. No, it's more. There's a lot. It's of more sediment. kind of like a looks like a raspberry iced tea, right? There, there's a but, lot. But it's really, yeah, really. Um, uh, it it. it <laughs> What's the a word? lot of sediment it's, and or stratification. It's in translucent, but like it, like I got layers. I got swirls. It looks like clouds in my beer. There's, um, that's weird. Yeah, there's definitely maybe even a bit of gelatinous something or another sticking together in there. You, you got a glob, well, almost like a glob, almost like a kombucha glob or something. Yeah. I mean, it's not that thick, but I swirl the glass and it's not going yeah. away. There's something sticking in there. You're right. There's just a lot of uh, a lot of sediment that's just kind of gooping up with each other. And it might just be just the way that these particular proteins mm-hmm. in, in these fruits behave. Yeah, but they're def- maybe it's pectin or something, right? Like mm-hmm. kind of like jelly or something. But mm-hmm. it's definitely not dissipating when you swirl it. it it's they're sticking together. They're staying with their homies. I, I am at the disadvantage of not having had a lot of rhubarb in my time. So. Yeah, I'm not a rhubarb expert either. You know, it it looks like red celery. Um, and it apparently goes really well with things like strawberries and raspberries when you cook it. Mm. So I can't really say much about the rhubarb quality. I can just say that there's. It's It's not obvious immediately that it's a raspberry beer. 
I think, I mean... It, it, it has it's a, the closest... It has a significant Frambose character to it, though. I mean, if you're familiar with Frambose beers, I think you're going to say it's raspberry. Yeah, I mean, I, I would most likely say it was raspberry if I was, you know, doing a blind. But it, to me, it doesn't strike me as, you know, directly raspberry. As raspberry it tends to be a little bit more sweeter, and it actually almost kind of mm-hmm. gives me something more along a blackberry-type uh, type, uh, acidicness. Mm-hmm. I just got a really big lactic, you know, lactic yes. sourness yeah. on it. You know, and that, I think that's kind of driving home the, the Flanders blend type feel, like that Rodenbach with fruit type mm-hmm. thing. Um, so the lactic sourness kind of mm-hmm. slightly creamy, slightly vanilla, uh, kind of like a condensed milk almost. Yeah, but the lactic also gives you a pretty big sting, right? You know, this yeah. gives mm-hmm. you a really big sting compared to, you know, some of the other lambic. It's not when 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 I first when we first tasted it was it was more I think puckering than it is now as we're kind of used to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a constantly puckering beer, but it's it's definitely sour. It definitely has you know those those strong sour notes that we like. There's a lot of really uh, really good notes on it, and and those slight farmhouse dirty horse bike notes are not coming through in the flavor. They were just there in the aroma. Now it might be that the acidicness is just totally blowing those away. Yeah. It, it. I'm trying to think back. It's been a while since I've had a bunch of framboses, but I think it's significantly less fruity and sweet than, well, definitely Lindemans. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Leafmans as well. It's kind of like a, you know, it it it, it reminds me of a of a, a much much higher in alcohol. Berliner Weiss with the fruit added, right? Because it's just it has mm. some interesting kind of sweetness qualities to it, but also has, you know, some sort of some sort of sour fruit added to it as well. Right. I think I could agree with you there. I mean, I think that's makes so when you said that, I'm wondering like, I wonder if they used any kind of sour mash on the thing. Um, There's other ways to get lactic, lactose into the beer as mm-hmm. well. I'm just, but when you said that, I'm like, huh? Sour mash could explain some of the tartness on this. All right, so our final beer. Next beer has scented wax. It does. It has a vanilla, cinnamon. I don't know. What would you say the wax aroma is on this thing? When I opened the box, actually Heather opened the box, and the smell started wafting out. I'm like, what, did one of the beers leak? <laughs> Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll, that's what it is, yeah. Tootsie Roll plus a little bit more vanilla, I would say. Yeah. But Nice touch, guys, with the scented wax. Mm-hmm. This is the Grey Monday. So, Grey Monday is... Uh, this is... Unfortunately, this is not something that is that many of you are going to be able to get. Uh, this is... We can thank Gary for sending us to us. This is a special beer that's only available on one of their uh, special provisions list or something. Not provisions, but... I have to look it up again to find out the final information. Stall. Um, 
The beer has scented wax. <laughs> uh, Grey Monday contains alcohol. It's unfiltered. It's 2013 edition, just one shade. It's part of the Reserve Society. It's 18.25% alcohol by volume. It's an imperial style aged in bourbon barrels with hazelnuts. Originally brewed for the molecular gastronomy dinner at Beechwood Barbecue. This decadent version of Black Tuesday is brewed with organ-grown roasted hazelnuts. Orange County, California. Now, what is Black Tuesday, you ask? Well, let me look it up for you. Here it is. Black Tuesday is, uh, we've had it a couple times on the show. It's a big Imperial Stout. uh, 40 IBUs, SRM, they call it 100 plus. I don't think that's quite accurate, but it's pretty dark. Um... Alcohol by volume varies on this one, but it's around, you know, it was around like 20 or 20-something percent at one point. Mm-hmm. They they do lots of blendings on it. I think every year they, they change the, they, they add new blendings to it. Mm-hmm. They, uh, Great Monday is the beer you need to start off your week, kickstart your week. Um, it'll age gracefully for many decades of economic fluctuations. <laughs> Stored 55 degrees Fahrenheit in a dark place. Ideal serving temperature is 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Best enjoyed in a tulip or wine glass. Have those. About 60. So. Oh, we got a free chill it down. We made it too hot. Patrick Grew's got it. Oh, I'm at 55. I better drink it right now. Jeez. Jeez Louise. All right. So, nose. You smell it. Smells like a big boozy imperial stout. Um, the hazelnuts that make this gray Monday as opposed to Black Tuesday, I'm not smelling, at least not with the first sniff. I mean, a lot of really strong, dark molasses sniffs. Mm-hmm. Um, slight, slight, maybe licorice notes, but really strong, dark molasses. It, when you do the whole lay the glass over and coat the sides of the glass and smell, I mean, it just. The alcohol. There's so much vaporizing alcohol that it almost knocks you over. It's like boom. It's like whoa. Molasses is king. But the there are other things going on too. There's mm-hmm. excuse me, other hmm, other kind of spices. I would say maybe there's, there's a slight little bit of clove in the cinnamon. Yeah, there is. The barrel's also coming through. It's a barrel-aged yeah. beer, so you're definitely getting uh, some of the the vanilla from the wood, I would say, is coming through. It's a big assault on, on your nose. It It's just, it, it's a, with all this volatilization, I almost feel like it would clear up your sinuses if you had a problem. It just cuts through. Hazelnuts are in the flavor. Wow. Whoa. That's fucking bonkers. I'm sorry. I, this no, is okay. Um, you're, you're, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it starts off Imperial Stop, but really, real quick, the hazelnuts kick it. And it doesn't taste extracty. It doesn't taste gimmicky. It's just no. really deep. I'm going to take another sip to figure out what I was tasting. It almost, it just knocked me down. That it was like so well implemented. Oh my God. That uh, broad 
kind of Nutella chocolate-like taste there. But so much better. But, yeah, better. Yeah, definitely better. It's mm, really, really coming through strongly, which you didn't necessarily expect. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be sort of slight accent, but it's a a significant note here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I... Would have never imagined it would come through so strong and so well and be such a core part of the beer. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be this hanger off. It'd be like, eh. It's a little bourbony. It's a slight oversweetness to it, which I kind of expect with something that's running 18.5%. I mean, you're, you can get something pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. There's uh, very little ways to combat that kind of sweetness. I'm thinking of something like, uh, for example, Utopias, where they're pretty dang sweet, but mm-hmm. they're delicious because you can really just sort of appreciate the, the right. sweetness as it's coming through. Flavor plays for a long time when your tongue is in my Sip this sucker, do not gulp. Yeah, it plays for a long time after you drink it too. Lots of... I'm not, I don't have any adjectives to play on it yet, but it just definitely plays in your mouth for a long time. Lots of hate, lots of haze on that. Look how it's coating the glass. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's coating it with that super thick. Um, it's funny. It doesn't. It doesn't have type. any lacing because of the booziness. Yeah. The head's almost non-existent, but you can see r- rivulets of of the liquid just kind of hanging on the glass and like slowly oozing down. Yeah, it, it's. It's more like a liqueur than anything else. It's, mm-hmm. it, it kind of reminds me of a hazelnut chocolate liqueur with a slight amount of carbonation to it. How are we going to get all the beer out of the glass with that much sticking to it? <laughs> okay. That's, um, that's pretty, pretty intense. Oh, man. That's so good. Uh, let's see if I run back through the flavors again. It, it and it doesn't. There's no boozy alcohol flavor so much. It's you don't think so in the flavor. I mean, there's warming, there's volatilization, but it doesn't taste doesn't taste hot or boozy on the tongue. It tastes pretty strong and bourbony to me. Okay. I guess, I guess, yeah, I, I missed it. I was too busy looking at other things. There's a little bit of booze, but it doesn't taste as big as an 18 percenter to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agree, disagree, okay, disagree. I guess. Yeah. I, it it tastes funny. pretty strong. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I would call it exactly what it is, but I would have said pretty, pretty dang strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's rare that a beer gets to 18 percent, so yeah. I don't know if I would yeah, have volunteered to... that. But yeah, you're you're right, but. It's not a it's not a blowtorch on your you know no no it's so. not no it it doesn't it doesn't come through as hot it's a good it's a good eighteen percent yeah. for sure yeah man lots of vanilla lots of everything hazelnut's wonderful I'm not sure if we're going to tell any more story on this one I'm not sure other than mm, yummy. <laughs> Okay, now we're in a more difficult position than I thought we were going to be in. The ranking position? Yes. 
Yeah, there's three beers that are very good. There's four beers that are very good. There's four. Be- there's five beers that are good. There's three. Five beers that are good. Three beers that are very good. I'll say. I would say there are four beers that are very good. Okay. I dare you to rank the brown ale higher than any of the brewery beers. I dare you. Don't dare me to do something that I was, <laughs> that I was thinking of doing. <laughs> All right, go for it. Um. Oh, boy. Okay, so my number five beer is going to be the uh, uh, the, the Cracker. The Cracker White. Um, Florida Cracker, rather. I'm sorry. It's it it that that wheat thing mm-hmm. wasn't going for it, right? And so it really, you know, it it paled in comparison to, to the other beers we had tonight and to other wit beers I've had. So while you know I finished it and it wasn't like I was you know going to say oh this is a bad beer or anything I'm going to pour it out. The other beers were, were heads and shoulders above it. I felt. Mm-hmm. Uh okay, difficult, 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 difficult. Boy. Hmm. This is tough. All right, let me walk through the beers. Sure. Okay. So we have. You know, we started out with the Maduro Brown Ale. Really fantastic brown ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, had some great flavors to it. Was not the most complex of beers, but it really did have you know a strong foundation there, and was really tasty. Uh, and I could you know I could easily find myself drinking more and more of that, and and really you know drinking that to to the point where I shouldn't be drinking mm-hmm. <laughs> much. Really, probably probably the the most drinkable beer of the night. Oh yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. You could have three or four of those. Yeah, where three or four of the highlights would be fun, right? But you would have some pretty rip palate fatigue on the bitterness. Yeah, the highlight was beautiful IPA with you know lots of strong bitterness and uh, and those tangerine and flavors and stuff like that were really coming through strongly. And, and then that that like I said that Ritz cracker. Almost buttery sweetness mm-hmm. in the front was really nice. Nice, nice balance there that I really did appreciate. The window sill, beautiful sour beer. Big fan of of sours of uh, of all stripes, with a lot of wonderful fruity flavors going along with that. And then this gray Monday. Maybe a bit boozy, but such a complex and interesting and fascinating and wonderful tasting beer. How do I put all that together? All right. Just just sit back in the afterglow of drinking such wonderful beers, man. <laughs> all right. Here's what I'm going to go with. And this is probably going to... Here's what I'm going with that's going to be wrong. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> it, it, it's it's not going to be what people expected. All right. My number four beer is the highlight. I think that it was really, really a, a, a beautiful beer, a wonderful beer, and uh, I recommend everybody try it. Really, really good. But this was a show 
this was a a spectrum of beers where the IPA stood out as the as the one that was uh you know sort of which one here is not like the others and and it and I think that in this particular flight it slightly detracted from it so in another flight it it, it might have you know fared mm-hmm. much better my number 3 beer and this is where some people may be like what is this gray monday i think it was a little on the boozy side i i like it a lot i'm really appreciative of what's going on here but there's something slightly slightly over bourbony about it that is putting me off just a bit to to where I can put it in the top. My number two beer is going to be the Maduro beer, the the brown ale. I think that that was just uh, it's just a great brown ale, mm-hmm. really fantastic, really drinkable. And remember, drinkability is a huge part of you know of of how I rank these beers and. Uh, that was just, you know, I, I, like I said, I could have four or five of those probably more than I should. Uh, I don't think it's, I still don't think it's sessionable at 5.5, but I can probably take a bunch of those. You certainly can't have a lot of Graham Mondays. And then, um, my number one beer, I mean, that windowsill was delicious and had so many different things going mm-hmm. for it. So I'm really, really loving the, the sour, uh, flavors that come out of it. And, uh, Yeah. That's right. how I'm going to go. Uh, I'm not hating on you for that. I, I can see your points. Um, Florida Crackers got to be last place. Mm-hmm. It, it just... I enjoyed it, but there was some holes in, in what I was looking for. And I've had some whip beers a bit more satisfying. Um, up front, there was a great Curacao Orange volatilization on the aroma. I'm like, oh, this is going to be wonderful. And then it kind of went away, or my nose was stopped up with it and I smelled the coriander from then on. Um, there was a little bit of juiciness and orangey in the flavor. Um, but yeah, the wheat, you know, we're used to a little more tanginess on the wheat. The wheat kind of felt almost, um, null, you know, like it wasn't quite weedy there. And, um, I'll leave that one. Uh, fourth place, I'm going to put the Maduro Brown Ale. I liked it a lot. Very good beer. All the beers from here on out are winners in my book. If I if they could all be winners, but the rules say they can't be. Um, <laughs> the, the arbitrary, arbitrary rules that yeah. we made up on the fly, yes, say they can't be. Uh, man, we're going to completing each other's sentences <laughs> this, today. This show. We're, we're really connecting. We are. Um, I I enjoyed it a lot. Very drinkable. I I think I'm going to stick with just summing it up as. If you think brown ales are boring and don't have enough flavor, try this one. Yeah. It might reacquaint you with brown ales. And this is a more flavorful. It's not an imperial brown ale, but it's a flavorful brown ale. Sure. And um, that's that's the, what I'm going to leave on that one. Now it gets really hard. You know, I, I want to not taste the, how good the rare is. Uh-huh. I don't want to say the two brewery beers are the best because they're rare. And I think I'm going to do what you did. I think the Grey Monday, which is a fabulous beer, and everyone could taste should taste it if they can taste it. Mm-hmm. 
should, everyone should really taste it if they can taste it. Um, on the flight, I think I'm going to have to put it third. I think the highlight is that good. I think the highlight is a wonderful IPA that had so much going for it. Such great flavors. The the maltiness up front, the bitter in the back. You know, started out fruity, then went to grapefruit, then went to a little more pithy. Pithy wasn't the best part, but when it was tangerine and grapefruit, it was wonderful. Um, it's just a wonderful IPA. One of the best, um, you know, highly available beers. You know, it's not Pliny the Younger. You know, it's not, right. you know, super rare, hard to find. It's a flagship beer, and it's wonderful. It's up there with Headhunter. It's better than Headhunter. And you think so? I think so. Mm. I would put it better than Headhunter. Maybe because it's the rare, right? Right. I can only get this in Orlando, and I can get Headhunter here every day of the week. I, I think Headhunter is better. Definitely better. I'd have to do them. Well, I got three more cans of Highlight. I'd have to do them blind. Well, doing them blind side by side won't be too hard to figure out which is which. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to. I don't know. I'll tentatively retract that statement, but upon further review. Uh, so number two, I'm going to put the Highlight. Super duper wonderful IPA. And um, the windowsill, just like Greg. Um, fascinating sour beer blend between a Lambic and a Flanders. There's not too many things exactly, you know, in that space. So it's hard to really say it's like this, it's not like that. Um, but it is delicious every sip of the way. And the top four beers were all very good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Really... Um, great show, special show, good show to end the year on. May your acquaintance be forgot. Blah 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 blah. We're, we're cute. So <laughs> I don't have that one queued right. up, but I have this one queued up because I wanted this. This was the other possibility for opening the show, but anyway. So welcome to uh, welcome. welcome farewell to, to from Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer Radio is released <laughs> under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website to figure out exactly what that means. Things with copyrighted music, like old McDonald back there, um, not Creative Commons. Yeah. Um, beers are good, and beers are good. <laughs> that's the best message yes. of our show. Yes. Really, that's what we're trying to yep. put across. Beers are good. Uh, you can email us Jeff at or beer at craft beer radio for email. Twitter, I am at Jeff Bear. That is at CBR Greg. And that uh, is that is <laughs> you are now that. <laughs> uh, Facebook and Google Plus, like we've been saying recently, make a lot of noise, and hopefully we'll see it. But we really don't monitor those uh, social media outlets very closely. Um, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon is where you do all your Amazon shopping. Buy your Spiegel snifters and your Xylus bottle stoppers, which we're using in... And your uh, Joey's. Your, your, your Joey's for your dogfish yeah. bottles, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, we'll see you all next year, I guess, huh? Yeah, 2014. It's a coming. Ain't no getting out of there. <laughs>